just two local guys with so much to say. So listen to the real estate brothers today. This is uh, episode 23 of the Real Estate Brothers. this for almost two years now it's a monthly it started off as a virtual webinar then it's been um, people thought we didn't exist yeah so then we, we changed it the so then so. last three i think we've, we've been doing live here at the keller williams office um, but it's, it's probably going to evolve next month we might choose choose another venue and a different or a different route to go but we'll be there for sure a lot of new faces i see so if you don't know I'm, my name is dean um, as we mentioned earlier, I was a CPA and accountant by education for the last 18 years. I got into real estate investing and sales and um, really found that to be more of my passion. So as usual, talk about Wahoo real estate statistics starting um, with December 2019. So December information came out already. And if just remember, it's December 19 compared to December of the prior year. So it was a very interesting month. So for single family, you see sales went up 4% at 820,000. And we also had median condo prices also go up almost 7% and they're at 425.5. Yeah. Another pretty strong sign for the sellers was that closed sales went up 19% for single family uh, with 309 closed sales in December. And for condos, we had a slight decrease of almost 3% at 428 closed sales. Um, median days on market, we saw a real 40% um, reduction or it closed, it got from 30 days, it went to 18 days, um, days on market for single families. So basically from the point that the property was listed to the point that it went into escrow, it was, it was only 18 days. That's really short. Um, for single, I'm sorry, for condos, we were at 30 days on market for, and it's for a 20% reduction or five days slower, yeah. So what does that mean? Like if you're just summarize that whole thing up, like, so I was thinking, how could I do it? You know, after I, we talk about all those numbers, what what is a quick way to summarize it? So I said, okay, well, who is the winner then for December 19? Was it the buyers or the sellers? So in, in my eyes, I think it was definitely the sellers because both um, sales prices for um, the single family and the condos went up. And that, uh, oh shoot, the big one to me was closed sales jumped up a lot for single family and days on market went from 30 days to 18 days. So that's a, that's a real big um, reduction. So that transitions me to what I want to, uh, getting a little cultural now for, for the Hawaii people. Um, I don't know if you folks are aware, but I believe the stat was one third of the population are either full or, or have Chinese blood in them in, in the state of Hawaii. So point being that there's a strong, there's a, there's a strong presence of Chinese. So this, this January 25th is, is actually Chinese year, New Year this year. Last year was on February 5th. The reason why it's different because it's on the lunar calendar. So it's run by the, when the full moons of the New Year's. So just a little information, this, this year is the year of the rat. And even though, if you're a year of the rat, it's actually a bad luck year for you. It's not a good luck year because the Chinese believe that the, uh, when your year comes around, then you're reborn again. And when you're reborn, when you're young, that's when you can get taken over by demons. So in the next few, year, few weeks, in the month of January, there'll be a lot of cultural events going on, Wahoo, including Chinese lion dance, which is um, a way that Chinese believe chases away evil. It doesn't, I'm sorry, it brings good luck. It doesn't, it, it's not, it doesn't chase away evil, it brings good luck. So what you do is you feed the lion VC uh, or Chinese money, and that will get them to stay around you longer and that will bring you more good luck. So just in case people aren't wondering what's that loud 
noise, the drums, and the fireworks, and these these, these lion paper machine. He's a stage author, so he does not like Yeah, but my son is actually part of a club, so this is like our busy time. How much, how much do they do stuff like saying? Race? Oh, um, so actually, for so they they have a lot of for weddings or first birthdays. I think it's our standard rates are one seventy five for for one big lion, and then um, if you want multiple lions, the, the prices oh, get to yeah. get children, right? Don't pay off. No, no, we we have ah! adult lions and we have baby lions. Too. It's a it's a for fun. It's not a for profit. <laughs> but yeah, if you have more information of where the uh, performances are going to be or anything like that or just watch this reach out to me just wanted to throw in a little cultural tidbit in there I might have done that last year okay. um, here's another one for the Oahu people um, for all you DIYers or flippers on island I wanted to do a connection so I have a an acquaintance that has 1400 square feet of coal laminate flooring that he bought for 500 um, five dollars Almost six dollars a square foot from um, I think it was Bougainville, but he it was installed and they didn't care for it. But he had it all removed and it's just sitting there and he put something else in. So he's they're offering it for three dollars a square foot. If anybody is interested, let me know. I can get you the details, pictures, and um the make model. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I can I can give you more information. You can see the price, but that's just reaching out there. Part of this whole thing is networking, right? So this is the local Hawaii side networking. I forgot to try to help that question out. So one thing that us realtors hear a lot about are association fees for townhouses and condos. And a lot of feedback I get from both investors and homeowners are, oh yeah, no, no, I don't want to live in a townhouse or a condo because you gotta pay those, those association fees, right? And it's just like, it's throwing away money. So I kind of wanted to say that, you know, you know, when they tell me that you're not getting any value, that's, that's not necessarily true, right? Because a lot of times it could be, you, you'll be paying these fees and you'll be getting like structural, structural insurance, right? So to um, replacement insurance for the, the structure. If you have your own single family home, you're going to have to pay insurance on, on that on your own, right? So that, you also have amenities, right? Some, some of them, Townhouses or condos have pools, barbecues, business centers, security. So all of that is, is coming out of the fees. Also, a big one I think that a lot of people overlook is that you're paying these fees and they're, the association is, is banking your money theoretically for these future deferred repairs and costs. So things like elevators, uh, repairs and maintenance or uh, replacements. Um, redoing the roof, painting of the structure, or resurfacing the parking lot area. All of those cost a lot of money. I mean, like single-family homeowners, like to paint two-story house, you know, it's probably, you're talking like five grand at least. Right? And then talk about roofing, you could be in the $10,000, $20,000 for a new roof, depending on if you have to remove the layer and put another uh, shing layer shingles on. So point is you do get some value um, but I, there is also a counterpoint where you're not getting um, a dollar for dollar benefit for your association fees right because it costs money to run the association so the association is paying a property management company to um, to take their they're, they're gonna be running a lot of it too so they take a portion so it's not a dollar for dollar value but I guess point being is that you do get some value for the Association fees, so something to be considered when you're when you're buying, a new looking for a new home or investment, right? Because for me, if I'm looking for an investment, that association fee could be higher, low, something just like real property taxes in the, the different states. I'm more concerned with the bottom line. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm very dense, and the way you gotta look at this record number is like how Dean said, like you have to like take the top line and rent it Income is two thousand, so that's your rent minus five hundred dollars, which is usually what a dollar to two for like square foot usually, right? Mm -hmm. um, so you take that, so your real revenue is fifteen hundred. That's what you need to walk. 
a lot, I, I hear it all the time and I, I bite my tongue. And that's why I have these kind of meetings so I can say what's really legit with how investors really do it. Um, but if you hear it all the time, people are like, oh, my property rented for $2,000. But they don't talk about the HOAs. And then of course, you after the fifteen hundred dollars is the true income, then you do your rent to value ratio analysis divided by the purchase price. And you should figure that out. Yeah. But that's why that the rent to value ratio you can be shooting for that one percent or whatever, and it may or may not come up. Right to your point, and that's why that'll hit someone who's just looking at that rent to value ratio, and they're not running the deeper numbers because things right. like the HOA fees or even the like real property taxes. First state, it's, it's so different. But even even after the numbers work out, the problem with HOAs is that, like Hakeem's saying, you got like a little pseudo government running this stuff, and it's never someone legit. It's somebody who volunteered, told to do it or whatever. Or or people who the homeowners who get get angry and then they say, "Oh, why is my where are my fees going up? I'm, I'm going to get on that board." <laughs> so they did those too. And, and it's always mismanaged, and they always. They always undervalue their CapEx, so when the big expense happens, that's when they clean down. So in my opinion, and then as an investor, you don't get to have a say in a lot of things. So they could say, oh no, you cannot rent out your property. All right, CCR and house rules and stuff too. Yeah. There are limitations for that. Yeah. That's a good point. I think, uh, yeah, that's all I have to say for my question. And I think, Glenn, you So if you guys don't, um, know who I am. I run a podcast, Simple Passive Cashflow. You can find it at simplepassivecashflow.com. It's a lot of free investing information, like the rent value ratio on analyzers on there. All free. There's nothing for sale after this thing. This is all just a reason for Gene and I to hang out for a little bit every once in a while. So... So I went... I'm, I'm part of a... Collective Genius Mastermind, we do that four times a year. Um, a guy from John Burns came around, which is a big data house. And the question was, well, where is everybody moving towards? So it's all the southern states. So I, I was kind of sitting in and I kind of thought about this. I took this picture right here. Other headlines, um, I'm gonna go through a lot of headlines here really quickly, because that's just how I do things. Um, not all the information is legit. And that's why I'm here to kind of get a little commentary on the side of it. If you guys have any questions, feel free to interrupt. And then we'll talk about it. Stuff is always a discussion. Um, the whole point is to take all this. The world has so much information out there and a lot of fake news. Right? But what is it that's going to guide us towards the right right movements as investor? But this is from um, Google Keywords. What you can do is you can figure out what people are searching for. So I look at this once a year and I just... Just for like hobby, I he I will look for at least uh, recession, the word recession. Obviously everybody was talking about it in 2008. But then recently, I don't know what that flip was the late last year, right? Is that the Fed Fed chair? I don't what know. Do you mean, do yeah, I mean you know, a lot of technical experts will always be like eight, this is the eighth, this is the tenth. 12, right? And then and you can never go off of numbers. Typically, 8 to 12 years is your average market cycle. But I think as of a few months ago, every day you wake up is the longest bull market. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Forever. I mean, yeah. I think the market's at record highs today, right? After the, after the Iranian threat kind of got simmered down, it's not really big. That's, yeah. that's what's tripping me up. So I always um, urge people to like look at other markets these days, like 2000 and when we met 2015-ish, we were looking at like turnkey rentals and stuff like that. Um, you, were, you were buying in Kansas City. I was buying in Milwaukee. Uh, I was doing Birmingham, Atlanta, Indianapolis, um, because that's where you can find the rental value ratios available to cash flow. Because I don't invest in anything if it doesn't cash flow. So, but problem is like places like Memphis. Kansas City, Indianapolis, um, Little Rock. Oh, Little Rock's more of a tertiary market. But these perennial markets you hear about all the time, well, guess what? It's five years later, and even that doesn't really cash flow these days. So you've got to kind of go to look at places, more tertiary markets, they call them. 
further out, out. So for example, like a Pensacola might be one of them, or a Huntsville might be one of them. And this is kind of this last list of top five markets for multifamily rental. Oh, Las Vegas? Oh, that's not a tertiary, just saying Las Vegas is top, yeah, top, top four. But I don't like Las Vegas at all. I know you got a property in Las Vegas, but if Las Vegas is where all the California money goes to run away from California. I don't chase unsophisticated money. Here's a commercial um, property. It's for assisted living. Everybody's interested in that space. It's uh, definitely up and coming. Huh. But, you know, the, the old people, you know, they can have their own beliefs or whatever, but they kind of cluster in like certain places or where they came from. Whether it's right or wrong, that's what they do. But this is like the first uh, LGBTQ. Oh, and then senior. Senior. Oh, okay. Interesting, right? Yeah, that's neat. Yeah. So I invested in like a assisted living development. It's it's built in pods, and the the vision was like, oh, this pod is gonna have like Mexican food. They're not gonna tell them where they can live. People decide. But I mean, this is how old people want to live. For a, a good bunch of them with a lot of money. I'll look at different like articles like this. Like again, these are a couple of tertiary markets that I look at. Um, Arkansas and Huntsville, you know, these are the these are you gotta look where the job growth is going. It's not not in the northern states, it's not really in Hawaii. Where everyone's coming to Yeah, it's all the southern states, all the warmer states. But these are real jobs. Uh, one one uh, mistake I said a lot of people it's like, oh, did you get an Amazon fulfillment center? <laughs> well, yeah, what is that going to be? Like 50 jobs? Like, there's nothing. It's just an all warehouse. One of my first mistakes was, or not first mistake, my learning experience, one of investment I purchased um, similarly back probably before I met you is I went online and I looked for, you know, Googling real estate, cash flowing states, and I found um, Illinois was, was good at, for this. For this uh, this news report, like you said, there's this. So anyway, I I reached out and I actually ended up picking up a property there as a short sale, um, and it's currently still doing doing well for me. However, I think a lot of stats that Lane's been pulling in recently, and, and we've seeing is like, um, you know, like the U-Haul trucks stats and all that. It's like everyone's kind of immigrating out of Chicago, out of Illinois because um, the the laws, the taxes are kind of high. I think that the Illinois and Chicago, their their governments are not doing so well, so they're, they're bumping up taxes. And then actually, Chicago and Illinois are not very tenant-friendly states. So um, that purchase, I mean, I still have it, and it's doing well. But in retrospect, you know, all of doing all this macro analysis, then ah, may, maybe I would have thought twice. But like I said, it's doing well, and you. The analysis you do at this macro level, you still got to take it with a grain of salt, right? Because there may be some kind of um, a competitive advantage you might have in a certain area that stats might not show strongly for, right? right. The competitive advantage, yeah. that's, a, that's But it's hard when you're living in Hawaii and you're taking pawn shots over the Pacific Ocean and don't know anybody. This is the best you have to work with. And I would just say, and we didn't have it initially when we started is this network of other people that you can connect with that are actually doing the thing. Yeah. Then you can, yeah. I have a question. Yeah. Because I'm purposely, I'm purposely networking with our military because they basically are from all over the world. The more I talk to my military family, they're really coming in and out of life. So I'm like, I'm an interested investor. They're like, oh, well, I have a really good question. So it's kind of a good strategy. It's like, that's a nice strategy. I think that's a good strategy. I think that's a good strategy. I mean, I'm yeah. trying to set myself away from like other I think, well, if you can, if you can, you have a competitive advantage over others and you enjoy what you're doing and you see that as a way that might pay off, I think that it's a good strategy. Are you talking about as a, as a real? As an investor. Okay. Because I'm like, oh, I'm going to invest in this company. 
because people are always leaving islands. Right, right. You know right. what I mean? It's like, well, I have a property back home, but I'm stationed here for a while. Do I get rid of it? Do I keep it as passive income rental? Airbnb. Yeah. And that's when the conversation begins. It's like, hey, yeah. I'm an investor. You want to get rid of that? Let me help you. I know people that can help you. So I'm kind of, and I kind of, I'm like, hey, what is the market out there? How much does the price cost? And I don't know. I mean, when my ex boyfriend was military, I went all over the world. I was Chicago, San Diego, San Antonio. You know, I've been everywhere. So I kind of knew this whole thing to be being here. But some of the friends that are military here, I feel like I'm North Carolina, Florida, all that stuff. So the places I don't know physically, I know who the contacts me. Yeah, so that's good. I mean, I'm just wondering what's, have people done that here? Yep. I'm like, um, yep. is it a strategy you guys use? I don't personally use it specifically that way, but yeah, I think that's 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 I think it's better than nothing. Yeah. I mean, at least you have a thesis, right? Like right. that's what investing is. You're gambling, yeah. but it's not like Las Vegas where you're probably gonna lose your money. The odds right. are again not in investing is gambling, but most times you're going to win out and make money. It's essentially yeah, what this all is. Sometimes when I'm in Vegas, like I play poker, so I practice this at the poker table just to hear people's conversations. And when they say real estate, that's what I mean. So I kind of like purposely integrate into like a male environment. That could be the only thing on the test that will stay I mean, addressing your question about the military, personally, I don't go after the military. Because the military is a stimulus of money helicoptered into one area. At any point, it's going to change. Yeah. What I, the investment thesis I'm going to go after, blue collared workers. That's what I call it. And it might we might differ. I mean, but as long as you have a thesis and stick to it, that's that's what I think is important. Everybody has an investment philosophy. Yeah, because people I work with right now, they're getting out of the military. They like put in their time, they're about to retire. So they want to try to invest in you know, their continuous income, but they wanted to keep making money. So like they put their twenty years in. But they're like, What do I do now? I don't want to go back to like blue collar work. I think that's one good it's here to work. But though Dean mentioned the U-Haul report, mm -hmm. um, you guys can Google that and see what that is. But like U-Haul is like the, the cheapskates moving, right? But do it yourself first. I would, I would probably go out on a limb and say that's the U-Haul report. Where they're the van lines, if you guys are familiar with van lines, those are like if you're a white collar worker, you know, you get located across the country. Everything gets put into a, a container for you. White glove treatment, and that has different data, right? But okay, and to your point, so you and you're we're talking about like, so for your your avatar or your my investment thesis is I want to go after the middle class working workforce. Okay, so that population. so like you said, by you you're deeming you as like not in that class oh, that it demographics. Is, it is. Oh, okay, so yeah, you would use it. I don't really look at the van halls. <laughs> It's the U-Haul. Right. So it would be because that's shows your tenant emigration where yeah. the, the tenants are immigrating. Right. Right. Like I'm not looking where. But he's talking something different though. Right? He's talking syndication. I don't know if she knows. Well, that. apartments and single family population growth, job growth. Those are what I see as the two drivers. I mean, military student housings are like such a niche that people do go after. Not a bad strategy. Yeah, it was just like it was my target audience. Yeah. It was transgender. Like people getting out, looking for a way to make yeah. extra money, another way doesn't work. Yeah. So it's like they're made, it's mostly male. I was trying to figure out how they can make yep. more money because it's and they've been pseudo-government agencies financing pretty much all our debt in primary residences. Whether you go to Chase Bank, Bank of Hawaii, wherever, it all gets, it's all backed by Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, essentially, unless you're a subprime borrower. So there's this, there's always these talks about, well, when is Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac going to go back to big private entities? Now there's some talks about it going in like the year 20, 21, 2022. And it feels weird saying that. <laughs> not that far away. But I'm not concerned about it at all. I think people are like, oh my God, like I won't be able to get a loan because I won't be any Sandy Freddie Mac. I wouldn't worry one bit. 
Well, I mean, after subprime, it got so tight the lending requirements, and then now they're we're just talking about how they're kind of, they're loosening it up. Yeah, slowly by slowly, it's very cyclical, right? Everything is cyclical. The people are like, oh, it's, it's the top of the market; it's gonna go crashing down. But like, it's still really hard for people who have bad credit to get a home loan. It's hard. It's hard for even people with good jobs to get a home loan. So I think that's a good thing. Looking at so. Here are some new builds of multifamily apartments, something I key in on because that's workforce. Um, it's not like high-end stuff. So it's like middle America. That's why I key in on the statistics. And I invest in apartments. So uh, what they're saying here in this, in this one is that you know, there are always new properties being built, but they're class A properties, the luxury properties being built. And it's been pretty much in this consistent band. So it's not like there's all this new inventory coming online. It's consistent. And I would say it's replacing the old stuff. That's pretty good. I mean, it's evident here on Wahoo too, right? right. Cock -cock. Um, That's where the margins are for the developers. US jobs gain surprisingly solid in October. So the orange is the unemployment rate. It's very rare that you have a job Everybody's working for the most part. And then, so Phoenix is another market that I've been kind of looking at lately, but it's traditionally a very hot cyclical market where it goes up and down, up and down, up and down. So maybe we can go over the highlights of this. So Yari Matrix is a commercial real estate resource. So I, on what they say a lot. So here's some of their their uh, takeaways for the year and quarter. So the GDP growth in Q3 was okay, 1.9%. And everything I, I read, whether from Yardy or everybody else, everybody's kind of holding between 1.9 and 2.5. It's like the forecast for the next few quarters, which is growth. It's anywhere from two to three percent usually. Saying U.S. oil production is keeping inflation low. Correct me if I'm wrong here. So America is making a lot more domestic production of oil, and I'm not going to say the F word here. <laughs> but that's what's causing it. I think yeah. I heard on CNN today that it's because of that that they're now the the, the biggest. I don't know, fuel man. In you know, could, that could just be fake news, right? That's against oh. the F word. Say it is some fracking, yeah. Back in boom. But it may just be like, you know, environments against that type of method. Because right? even after the missile, right, the Iranian missile, yeah. I was expecting oil prices to change because my understanding is that the whole, we have our own production, but we use it, but we also export it too. Right. So it's like one big. Yeah. I, so I invested late in December into a little oil deal oh. to play around with it. And the nice thing about oil and gas investments is that. Get these things called ITCs, intangible drilling costs. Google it. But the government wants you to invest in oil and gas because you can get. Is that the, the five year play or your GP phone? Yeah. So they put you on the GP and then they get you off so they can give you the bonus depreciation. So doctors love this kind of stuff because you get a lot of passive losses from big deals, but a lot of times you can't like take it to offset your active income. So unless it's oil and gas investments, because of a special exemption that the United States government has incentivized you for you to invest in that. Like all this real estate stuff, it's all these, it's not like tax loopholes, it's like directions, pay less taxes, because they want you to put money in there. They want people, they want to incentivize people to do that. So I just follow what they tell yeah. me to do and not pay any taxes, or barely any. Uh, what else is important here? Oh, so we're talking about that graph of like how there's always new multifamilies coming up online. So they're, they're quoting here that an aging population, increasing sports rates, and more younger people living at home contribute to strong demand overall. And total housing production is unlikely to catch up with household information. 
even though new stuff is coming online, there's a housing shortage, and I think that's true in Hawaii too, right? Affordable housing shortage for sure. GDP growth and consumer confidence index, so all times high in terms of confidence index. I call that a vanity metric. I don't know if that means, and how does that mean, right? Confidence. <laughs> GDP growth is the important one, I think, here, and it's positive for multiple months. And here they're saying that in Q4, they're forecasting 1.1 positive. What, what's the recession? Two, two consecutive quarters? Two, two consecutive quarters or something? Like I think it's two single. Yeah, negative GDP. Yeah. So we talked about the oil. Here it is in graphical form. It's happening. This transition happened around 2015. Is that when the F word started to become a big thing? I think so, right? I remember when I was working for the railroad, coal was a big thing from 2000 and when did I graduate? 2007, 2000, I think 2010 was when oil was, or coal was really big. Everybody was saying everything about the Potter River Basin and Wyoming. Cleanest burning coal forever. Right? Oh, yeah. That was what they said. And it was cleaner and because it, it didn't go in the mines, you didn't have to mine it. It was just like excavated off the top. So you don't have to worry about the black lung. Yeah, you don't have to worry about that. But then that went away a couple years later. The F word started to come. So that makes sense. Mm, yeah, I mean. Now, anybody do short term rentals in here? Yeah. <laughs> I don't do it. Just don't turn around and face that way. That's all. Yeah, I don't do it. And, and here's why. Here's another article that came out from Newsweek. So there are as many open invite parties and events yeah, in the party houses. I've done this a couple of times. Did they have dents or something? Was it? Was it? Eh, probably. Probably had a party house. Yeah, I think they had like a couple of dents at the, the, that because they did that thing. So yeah. that's that's what triggered the this guy. Oh, okay. Oh, someone's always got to ruin it for everybody. <laughs> I mean, that's captured. That's definitely captured. And I, I believe you're probably seeing, anecdotally, we'll say that. I think that's probably a... That's the word. Yeah. It was, there was a guy like one month or two months ago that sat back there and he was like saying, yeah, he, he does short-term rentals and he sees a lot of people unloading their yeah. stuff. Yeah. And we were talking about, I think, um, the other part of like the windward side of the island. We had a discussion about how there are a lot of um, people on the windward side that were doing short-term rentals and after the law passed now we anecdotally we are seeing a, a little bit of a, a bump on that side in terms of for sale. And then coincidentally or not they're like you know, multiplexes or So the, the answer is, what you know what you have to do is you have to figure out how to build a monster house and just do long-term rental in the monster house. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> I'm totally joking. I'm totally joking. Yeah. So here's another great news article. Five markets with the greatest rent loss. Number two, Honolulu. Out of the whole nation, Honolulu lost 1.7% rents. about time doesn't make sense to buy properties here right? well I mean why did the rents go down I mean I know that's a good conversation right? and normally Hawaii from November to November 
purpose. It's not like a sick of like a I saw it on the news. It was because it's down of the Airbnb. But this is rents. So the, notice, notice a lot of my data is rents. Right, that would make sense, yeah. though, because if everyone is turning their Airbnb back to your long term rentals, you have more inventory. Or, or supply. What what is like do you know like the air, other Airbnbs? Is it like five percent or is it like point zero one percent of of all of rentals? All that pressure. Like I, I I don't feel like it even is a drop in the bucket. I, mean, I know two people that have Airbnbs and they're gonna put them up for long term. This is also a very self selecting group of real estate investors not at home right now. I don't know. I mean. Could be, a blip, could be a blip, could be a blip at 1.7, could be a blip. I don't know. <laughs> but it is what it is, right? I mean, maybe I should ask my uh, my landlord to for a little bit of a decrease. <laughs> I don't I don't buy houses to live in. I don't think it makes sense. I wrote a really long article about it because um, I'd rather buy two of us. Like Grant Cardone. Dean will help you buy houses here to rent. That's it, you want. Any, is anybody um, interested in what the syndications, private placements, the stuff? So this might be interesting to you. We um, mentioned this last time, right? Last yeah, time. so this actually came out in the news, news where, so like, there's a difference between accredited investors and non-accredited investors. So accredited investors, their net worth is higher than one million dollars, not including the primary residence. And you have to have a net worth or or income of two hundred fifty thousand dollars. You have to pretty you have to be pretty yeah. Yeah, pretty well. Two hundred if you're single, three hundred if you're married. Yeah. So it's always been an issue for non-accredited investors to get into these country club deals because they're not accredited. Um, so now the SEC is looking at making changing the laws where they're like, well, you can test into getting accredited status even though you're not accredited. So I think what they're kind of working on is like there's a series seven or sixty-five brokers exam that you can test to do it. Oh, you have to test. Well, they don't. I haven't figured it out. But that's oh. the kind of what when I read the between the lines yeah, okay. and other stories I piece together. That's what they're trying to do. But I don't, I don't know what the whole issue about being accredited. I don't know why it's so important. Um, Ninety to ninety-seven percent of private placements are for non-accredited investors. You just, that, you just a number? Yeah, I mean, you can go to the SEC website, go on the Edgar database, pull the data, and it's most of the deals are five hundred six B exemption deals. So that means they're sophisticated. You just need to be sophisticated with a pre-existing relationship. So is that reducing? the threshold or the requirements for sophisticated basically there's no there's nothing nobody has or really it's just defining it better it's just defining accredited oh. has nothing to do with oh, that's sophisticated. Right. Sorry. Yeah. yeah yeah so you think it's going to open up a lot of money per se i mean like how crowdfunding change right and now there's there's more people available to, to crowdfund i think if you're sophisticated and you're not accredited yet you'll find a way to get into deals and this could be another way to do it. Um, so on my website, simplepassivecashflow.com, I write uh, articles. This is all I do these days. Uh, first article is transitioning to syndications and other limited partner tips webinar. On there, um, the other one was infinite banking with whole life insurance for 2020. Uh, new deal. I created a new deal portal. For new investors. Yeah, and the 2020 goals launch. So the stuff we're doing live here, I have a webinar I did with my online group too, but um, I read this book recently. Anybody read this one? He says the F word a lot. Yeah, so the present, the David Goggins is his name. He used to be like, kind of, he, used, he used to get abused as a kid. It's like the first chapter is like, Kind of jarring, I guess. Like he got views. Um, he would like wet his bed like every night. It's like kind of one of those circumstances. And he was just like a loser for a while. And then he started to um, 
run these ultra marathons. He went to Bud's three times. So just like mental toughness, he's like the guy. Very, um, I don't know, if you're interested in that, you know, making a change, I would recommend um, checking out a few of his podcasts. I think you have to find somebody who resonates with that. So like, he might be too much, like, too hard. On one side of the spectrum. Yeah, 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 you gotta find someone. Like, he's a little too hard for me. It's like, um, yeah, you gotta find someone you resonate with. But I think that's it, right? So all this stuff, we, we edit these webinars now. We put it on um, the YouTube channel. Uh, but you guys can find that at ariadloha.com. But any questions about anything? Like topics you have? Any topics? Yes, we have to be an accredited investor to syndication. There are some syndication not all? Or? So there's some syndication So there's 506B and 506C deals for the most part, right? C... C deals, 506 C deals like CAT, um, they can mass market it out into the public. So when you can do that, the government's like, right, you can mass market it and put it on the radio, put it on a podcast, put it on like social media, but we're not going to allow you to take non-accredited investors. And when you do take your investors that are accredited, we need to do a third-party certification on them. To answer your question, you can be not accredited invest, but you have to be a like it has to not be a five six C deal. And like I said, like ninety to ninety seven percent, the vast majority are five six B deals that aren't mass marketed. I'm sorry, what's so what's the exact definition of syndication? Is a big deal, or uh, no syndication? You can syndicate something small. You, you, know, you can syndicate sure. anything big. It's like a giant hui. Yeah. But it's regulated by SEC. You know, yeah. like how the SEC regulates stocks ones. There's a just different code regulation yeah. for these types of investment facilities. Are you a investor? I am. Okay. Is there like I guess like sometimes I go to meetups out and have like different ads or any other certain I don't think so. Even like <laughs> if you're at a different level, you know, it's like party like a people I wanna you know. Um, I want to get there, but I mean, there. etiquette wise, I think, especially in Hawaii, I notice it's a taboo thing. But when I go to the mainland to my things, I've people, oh, I go to paid stuff, right? So people are like higher net worth, they're mostly accredited, most of them all like have this business card and they'll give it to each other and have their net worth, liquidity, how many really? they want. <laughs> That's true. And they're from them. Like it's crazy, like it's crazy, right? Like here in Hawaii, it's different. Is that can I answer your question? I don't. We can talk offline about that. Like to me, there's an etiquette. There's an etiquette. You don't wanna. That's a good point. You don't wanna shoot it. Yeah. Right? Like I have an accredited investor group that's kind of a little hush hush, and it's a little quieter. There, it's it's a pre-selected group of people, and that's to me, it's it's cool in there to kind of talk about personal finances, but. I mean, let's face it, here you guys don't know each other. Any other questions? So you have mobile homes as well as rentals, um, like you rent the apartments. Uh, I was curious your thoughts on mobile home rentals for people that are starting into this market. Good, they're a good alternative. <coughs> mobile home parks. parks so you're talking about just investing as a passive or investing in? So from an operator standpoint, I think operating them is harder than apartments. But from an LP perspective, I mean, it's just, just throwing money here and there, right? Um, to me, how I've done it is I don't know nearly as much as I know about apartments and mobile home parks but I find the other investors that I trust that don't have a dog in fight that invested in other people's deals that do multiple parks. Is there so, a tax benefit, the bonus depreciation? Oh yeah, it's all the same. It's all yeah. the same. It's not just the underlying land. There's, there's yeah. improvements attached. Oh, okay. I haven't seen, I haven't really seen it like in real life with the K1 yet. Oh, well, I just did. I, I thought, because I've also heard about mobile art park. Yeah, but I think, I think the question was like, which one is harder to invest in oh. LP? Is that like to do due diligence and? No, I just wanted your 
I guess your thoughts on um, I guess it's like it's a relatively new area of investment for some people or that it's you know just yeah. houses or rentals it's just like how we talk about like well, everybody was investing in Kansas City before in Indianapolis now you can't do that right everybody was investing in apartments before now you can't do it you got to move off to the less you got to get off the beaten path and the whole parks or that and that type of investment investment is gonna move differently with a correction and a change in economy too right, right. because theoretically that's like you're hedging against a, a downturn because theoretically it'll be stronger even right. stronger terms of um, your tenant occupancy rates and stuff for that type of uh, investment. And one thing I, I talked to other more sophisticated investors, higher net worth, they diversify over different asset classes. Because you don't know, like like apartments and, mobile and rental properties, like it's 80% of my portfolio. Partially because I know it the best, right? I don't have any stocks. They got given that up a long time ago. Like you never know if like the government's going to build some government subsidized class B housing. No, no, no private entity is going to build BC class. That just doesn't make sense. And that's why I invest in BC class. Right? But you never know, right? The government, I think that's how like Asia does it, right? Like they, they build like older stuff or like, like budget or I don't know what the word is. You mean in the more socialistic kind of country? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's the nice thing about mobile home parks. They're never going to build new ones. Number one, they don't make any money for the municipality. And number two, they're ISO. It's political. <laughs> the mayor permits one or the governor permits one. Everyone gets all upset. Not in my backyard. Yeah, not in my backyard. So. Yeah. I mean, I think you got to like learn it one by one. Like, like to me, like self-storage, I've never invested in self-storage yet. I recognize it could be good, but I'm just gonna learn one thing at a time and move on. And then let my strategies let my network grow my network and hopefully they know more something more about self-storage. So when you say that that means that they come to you and say, I have something that I'm pursuing and you want to take in hundred thousand dollars or whatever. Is that what you mean exactly? That's kind of like a solicitation. I mean, I guess the way I do it is like I look for operators and syndicators, and then I figure out who do they know of my network, and then I go, "Hey, Dean, did you did you work with these guys before? Did you invest?" And maybe I call this investing by proxy. My first deal as an LP, I lost like forty grand doing this because the person I asked just happened to be like a self-directed IRA company. And looking back on Which it, it wasn't me, by the way. Yeah, pointing to me. Yeah, some guy. Yeah, 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 some guy. And then looking back, and I was like, "What the heck was I doing? I didn't know." Like, they were illegitimate, like referral source. Right. Yeah, build relationships. That's why we we do these like things like this. But build relationships with the right people that actually know what you're doing and actually invest. In. That's, that's the key. And the ones that are in line with what your goals and your strategies are. Right. Cool. Okay. Any any others? Why don't you stop investing in stocks? Numbers don't lie. I make a lot more money doing um, real estate deals. Um, you can control the asset. Um, it's tangible, is that way? Yeah, it's tangible, it's real, but just not sh just straight up numbers. I probably can make three times as much, not even including any of the tax benefits. I mean, which is ultimately why I think 401ks and mutual funds are what robbing everybody in America of their retirement. Right. Other good benefits of real estate too. Yeah. Leveraging, right? Get debt on it. Leveraging, it, I think, is really good, and the tax benefits yeah. is another. A lot more fluid in terms of tax benefits versus, yeah, yeah. Some people I talk to like they they want to have half real estate, half stocks, and that's cool, you know. That's right. Yeah. Or not half, but it's. But why don't you balance. go all in with real estate? I mean, obviously, you know how to do it. You have deal flow. You have yeah, yeah. Slow, slowly, I'm I'm slowly transitioning things over. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I mean, I, I like a diversification. So yeah, and I 
call me old school or whatever. Just I guess growing up as a CPA and accountant, but, um, it was always stocks. For me. So, oh yeah. so for me, it's always it's hard to get out of that, but I totally see the benefits. So now I'm slowly moving things over, and um, even things that I had uh, stock portfolio in before, like you mentioned, self-directed IRA. I couldn't fully get out of stocks or into real estate, but what I did was free real estate investing group. Check out reialoha.com. Hey, just some legal stuff here. Although these two brothers are pretty knowledgeable and have over 2,100 rental units and own over $160 million worth of real estate, the preceding are only ideas and not to be taken as legal, tax, or financial advice, okay? You should always seek the professional advice of other professionals on your team and think for yourself and do your own due diligence, okay? Aloha.